What's going on, everybody? Daryl from Lansdale USPSA, back with another episode of the podcast. Yes, I know, it's been a while. A lot of stuff getting going on, um, kind of getting settled into the new year. I am also moving off of Lambs Hill. Uh, that's currently in the works right now. Uh, going to be moving this weekend. Uh, yeah, I really don't want to don't want to leave here, but uh, now we got to do what we got to do and that is part of the joys of renting but don't worry it's still going to be called lambs hill uspsa and uh, i'm not going anywhere as far as content is concerned and as soon as i get the move completed i will get back onto the youtube channel and also more of these podcasts but just wanted to throw this one out here uh, another board of directors meeting minutes update for you been waiting a couple of weeks for this one. Uh, I knew the um, the board was supposed to meet on February 8th, and they did. What I was not aware of was the fact that they worked for a few hours on the 8th and then adjourned until just a couple of days ago on the 22nd, uh, 22222 for all you two people. So here we go. Minutes of the USPSA Board of Directors meeting February 8th and continue February 22nd, 2022. Roll call. Area 1, Bruce Gary. Area 2, Layton, and not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Area 3, Matt Hopkins. Area 4, Chad Stanton. Area 5, Rick Steele. Area 6, Bruce Wells was absent. Area 7, Lee Cabana. Area 8, Ted Murphy. President Sherwin Greenfield. DFO Gary Nash. DME Jake Martens. DIT Rick Brotzel, DNROI Troy McManus, and the Steel Challenge Program Coordinator Zach Jones. Meeting was called to order at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Area 2, Mr. Layton, joined at 7.10. couple minutes late, no harm, no foul. Uh, let's see. Financial review of the November restatement. Uh, there was motion to accept the November financials as amended. Area 3. Proposed that motion, seconded by Area 7. Motion was carried at 7.41 p.m. Next item on the agenda was the World Shoot Team Selection Policy. This was brought up by Area 1, Bruce Gary. Uh, junior and lady team selection with clarity regarding application of any proposed policy. Okay. Strange. Just weird wording there. Uh, it was noted that Area 3, and it says Area 7, but then it has Layton's last name next to it. I'm going to assume that's Area 2. Uh, have a conflict as it relates to uh, being a current World Shoot team member. Area 3, Mr. Hopkins discussed issues associated with the prior president deviating from the then-current policy as it existed. Uh, again, I'm going to say Area 2. Uh, Layton and Area 3 Hopkins and DNROI to work on draft world shoot selection policy to present at a future date. Next up was uh, the president, Mr. Greenfield, with the uh, hiring committee and managing director. 
our, our hiring committee for managing director. That committee will be made up of Area 1, Area 2, and Area 7, with Area 2 being the chair for the hiring committee. Uh, then the president, uh, let's see, brought up a legal health update. There was a motion to enter executive session by Area 8, seconded by Area 3. That motion uh, went into effect at 8.19 p.m., and they entered executive session. Came out of executive session at 8.59 uh, after a motion by Area 1, seconded by Area 4. And it's also noted here that additional information needed from legal counsel. So whatever they were talking about there. Uh, policy for general incident reporting. Option exists on the USPSA webpage under contact us, full directory, and report a problem with a match or club. Uh, let's see. Document a policy relating to information needed, details, ta- contacts, dates, etc. Uh, the president, Area 8, I assume that's supposed to be D-N-R-O-I, and DIT to develop and present at a later date. Uh, there was some discussion about centralized storage for the board of directors slash bylaws policies referenced or available for the membership that is currently in progress, projected to be completed and available for rollout by the end of Q1 this year. There was a draft presented of a gift policy. And uh looks like the president will be taking that to legal counsel for review. High hit factor review from the DME. Uh, let's see, that needs board approval to release the updates. Motion to implement the high hit factor changes as reviewed with an effective date of March 1, 2022, just a couple of days from now. Uh, by Area 4, that was seconded by Area 7. Motion was carried at 9.26 p.m., so it looks like there's going to be some changes to the high hip factor. Uh, let's see. Item agenda number 10, talking about the budget. Uh, general discussion to highlight board members' priorities for the upcoming budget preparation cycle. And then there was a motion to recess by Area 1, seconded by Area 8, to a date to be called by the president. Motion was carried at 10.04 p.m. Fast forward to the 22nd. Uh, roll call looks like uh, everybody was there with the exception of Bruce Wells, who was absent again, and Troy McManus, who was absent with notice. <clears throat> Meeting was called to order at 7.03 p.m. Uh, there was a discussion about that night's agenda. And then there was a report from the Rules Committee meeting on February 17th. I will get into those minutes shortly. Uh, motion by Area 1, seconded by Area 2 to enter executive dis- executive session to discuss legal health and staff compensation recommendations from the Compensation Committee. Uh, that was entered at 7.14 p.m. All staff members left the meeting after legal discussion. And there was a motion by Area 4, seconded by Area 8, to exit executive session. That was carried at 9.10. Motion by Area 3, seconded by Area 7, to approve employee compensation adjustments as set in executive session. They had a roll call vote, all voting members voting in the affirmative. 
There was a discussion for the salary for the incoming president after the special election. Uh, Due to a conflict of interest, Area 3 and Area 6 are not participating in this discussion. Motion by Area 7, seconded by Area 4, to set incoming president salary at 66000 annually for duration of the special election term. Uh, let's see. So, Area 1, 2, 4, 5, 7, and 8 all voted yes, with Areas 3, 6, and the President abstaining, as I feel they should. Uh, let's see. Motion to adjourn was passed unanimously. Meeting was adjourned at 9.41 p.m. So that's it for the Board of Directors meetings. Now we've got the USPSA Rules Committee meeting. This meeting took place on February 17th, 2022 at 2030 Central Standard Time. That would be 2130 Eastern or 930 at night for uh, those of you still on 12-hour time. Uh, Let's see. At the meeting, we had Troy McManus, uh, Jody Human. Kevin Immel, for those of you who are not aware, Troy McManus is the director of National Range Officers Institute. Jody Human and Kevin Immel are assistant directors. Uh, Lee Cabana from Area 7, Ted Murphy from Area 8, Jake Martens, the DME, and Sherwin Greenfield, president, were all there. USPSA Rules Committee met online. Uh, on the 17th, all committee members were present, as I just said. Three topics for discussion. Number one, lowering the power factor for major power factor based off a member suggestion. Number two, allowing production and carry optics to be prepared at the half-cocked or safety notch position rather than hammer fully down on models without a decocking lever. This was a member suggestion last year being revisited. And number three, changes to requirements for categories, uh, specifically law enforcement and military, based off a member suggestion. So, lowering the power factor for major from 165 to 160 or below. Uh, Committee discussed the possible advantages and disadvantages of making this change. It has been suggested that firearms will be more durable with this change. Uh, With 9mm major allowed in the open division, there have been infrequent sparse comments on gun durability and the possibility of hand loads being drastically outside of SAMI specs. Um, This was, somebody was actually talking about this at the, uh, the big meetings that they had at Nationals last year. Uh, let's see, because 9mm major is not required under the rules, and because the organization has no way to objectively quantify either the direct correlation between power factor and handgun damage, or to determine SAMI specs on hand-loaded ammunition, it was decided to leave the current power factor levels in place. There's good and there's bad with that. Um, I mean, if you look at, at IPSC or IPSC, some of their 
divisions um, are 160 power factor for major, but others are 170. So 165 is kind of the middle ground. That's what USPSA uses. Um, they're right. I mean, can you really actually take a handgun and say, hey, this handgun, you know, basically wore out because the the person has been shooting major power factor? And if major power factor was notched down to like 160 or 155 or whatever the whatever the arbitrary number happens to be, can you really say that that would have saved that gun? And and you'd have gotten, you know, the competitor would have gotten thousands of more rounds out of it. I I really don't think he can. Um, and the whole Sammy Specs thing, I mean, really? Do you really expect USPSA to check Sammy Specs on every single competitor that loads their own ammo? No. That that's that's ridiculous. Okay. Range officers, RO, CROs, range masters, they already have enough to do at a match. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's not make any more work for them. Um so as far as allowing production and carry optics pistols to be prepared at the half-cocked or safety notch position if there is no decocker present, uh, there have been subsequent member questions about this allowance, uh, which have caused the committee to revisit the topic. In late 2021, the committee discussed this with a resultant decision made to disallow this practice. Currently, all double-action slash single-action guns must be prepared with the hammer in the fully down position if the handgun does not have a decocking lever. And for those of you who have this kind of pistol, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For various reasons, a small number of members have suggested that handguns requiring manual decocking be allowed to lower the the hammer to the half-cocked or safety notch position. The committee discussed the ramifications of allowing this and decided to disallow it, keeping the current hammer fully down requirement in place. Some of the reasons cited, and I'm sure this is not all of them. A, the gun still has to be manually decocked, presenting the exact same problems as manually decocking to the full down position. And the very real possibility of machine work to change that half-cocked position to something other than original for the gun, possibly resulting in an almost fully cocked and therefore just about single-action firearm. I I like that reasoning. Um, There's also a couple more here. Uh, The probability of a dropped gun discharge with the hammer fully down, that's pretty low. Uh, versus a half-cocked gun. If you drop it, yeah, it very well could go bang. Uh, Changes in the trigger pull between the fully down and the half-cocked position. It does change the trigger. Um, The other thing that that I would argue with that is, you know, going back to, to the first one, presenting the same problems of manually talking to the full down position. Well, the problem is if you only half decock it and you 
think that that hammer is in that half cock deep tent. You think it's there, but it's not. And you let your hand off of that hammer. What's going to happen? The hammer is probably going to drop because you still have your finger on the trigger. Hammer's going to drop. Gun's going to go bang. Hopefully, you're not pointing the gun directly at your foot when this happens. Okay, you're pointing the gun in a safe direction. Guess what? You're still getting DQ'd. So, do we do we really want to do that, guys? Uh, let's see. There was some cha- uh, discussion of changes to the category requirements specifically for law enforcement and military. To uh, do and the committee discussed changing the requirements for law enforcement military categories and decided to take no action. Both of these categories currently require active full-time service for law enforcement. A full-time commission with arrest powers is required. For military participants, must be full-time active duty. Both were set up to recognize competitors who compete in the sport in addition to the time and risk required to fulfill their employment status, whether law enforcement or military. Part-time or retired law enforcement or military will not have to make the same commitment to USPSA. The committee decided to leave the current requirements for all categories as they are. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see that one. Uh, These minutes are respectfully submitted. Troy McManus, Director of National Range Officers Institute, Committee Chairman. So that is it, guys. Uh, Yeah. Um, As far as the Rules Committee stuff goes, you know, like like I just got done saying, I I think they've made the right choices there. Um, I would, me personally, <laughs> uh, because I shoot major power factor, um, I would like to see the power factor uh, floor for major kind of decreased a little bit. Um, you know, take a little bit of powder around in my rounds because um, I am starting to load my own, so... Um, I actually got to hop them up a little bit. I, uh, took five rounds down to the range a couple of weeks ago and fired them off through a chrono and eh, my hottest one would have made 165 power factor. <laughs> I think it was like 165, 166. So I gotta, I gotta come up a 10th of a grain. I think, I think I was running four point, I think it was at 4.3 grains. Uh, no, it's four point two grains. So I'll come up to to four point three, and we'll see how that goes. Maybe one day I'll do a reloading video for the podcast. That that might be something people will be interested in. I don't know. Hard hard telling what the audience is is uh, looking for. So anyway, um, yeah. And as far as the uh, minutes for the meeting itself, uh, the two part meeting. Um, that's just basic stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people in USPSA don't even know happens. So that's why I'm doing these podcasts, talking about this stuff. So people at least have a clue. Um, you know, people that can't sit down and read through four pages of meeting minutes, you know, they can 
take 20 minutes, uh, you know, throw on a podcast. I'm talking to you, Jay Beal. And, uh, you know, and just listen to me ramble on. So that is it from here. Uh, again, the last Lambs Hill USPSA podcast from Lambs Hill, but the podcast is not going anywhere. Expect uh, another episode here in hopefully a couple of weeks. And as soon as I get my uh, recording studio set back up, I will get back on the YouTube channel as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. My name is Daryl from Lance Hill USPSA. And as always, shoot safe, guys. Mm-hmm.